very happy with the nasty bits of the Bible, actually. And um, so, uh, you know, I didn't want to read this particularly. I didn't want to preach on it particularly. But I think that there is a reason that we are looking at this, that God wants us to hear something. So, Jesus was warning his first disciples, and he was obviously uh, worried, really, that they, he was going away, and they needed to know what it would mean to be his followers. And somebody said to me after the previous service, but doesn't this only apply to those first disciples? Does it apply to us as well, who follow on? And I think there are some specific things in this passage, like they will put you out of the synagogues and so on, that, that actually apply to those first disciples. But there are also things that apply to us as Jesus' followers now. So where do we start with this? Well, I think there's one key verse that um, I'm going to ask Stefan to put up on the screen. And it's this. It's two verses, actually. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. And that is why the world hates you. So this raises the question for us as, if I am a Christian, where do I belong? If I am a Christian, where do I belong? Jesus is telling his disciples that they don't belong anymore to the world they have known, which for them was the Jewish world that they grew up in. When they said yes to Jesus, and they may not have entirely realized this, but when they said yes to Jesus, when they started to follow him, they also took on a new identity, a new belonging. And like Jesus, their primary loyalty now is to the kingdom of God and to the people of God that Jesus will draw together into his church. And that is a profound and uncomfortable change for those disciples that they were perhaps only beginning to realize at this point. So what about us? If we have given our lives to Jesus, if we have chosen to follow him, if Jesus has called us and we have said yes to him, then a similar transfer has taken place. And Paul describes it like this in Colossians. God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and he has brought us into the kingdom of of the son he loves. We have been taken out of one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, and we have been brought in to the kingdom of Christ. And those words, I chose you out of the world, apply as much to us as they, it did to the first disciples. So, if we believe in Jesus, if we, following, if we are following Jesus, we are a new creation, made new, born again, the Bible says. 
and we belong to him. We are grafted into his vine. And that means that his life is filling our life. And he says, remain in me and I promise to remain in you. And we belong to his family. Look around at his family. And we are not servants, but we are friends and brothers and sisters. And we are part of his body on earth. There is lots of parts of his family like this, worshipping this morning, his kingdom people. So that is a challenge to us. Do we know that we belong to Christ? Do we know this morning that we are his? I have um, a passport and it's got my name on it and it says um, that I belong to the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. And um, this has become quite an important thing, actually. It enables me to do things and go places when I'm able to. (laughs) Now, we have another passport and I have another passport. And that passport is an eternal passport to an eternal kingdom. And it's not made of paper, so I don't think it's a baptism certificate or a confirmation certificate or any of those things. It is Jesus living in me. That is my eternal passport. And there are two ways, I think, that the Bible describes it. One is Jesus is Lord of my life. Jesus lives in me. And the other is that I have the seal of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so if those two things are true of you, then you also belong to Jesus. But if you don't think those are true of you at the moment, then do come and see either me or Tom or Ben after the service because we would love to tell you how you get a passport, an eternal passport. Okay, so if we belong to Jesus, the Bible describes that in various ways. It says... You are like aliens and strangers in the world if you belong to Jesus, says Peter. So that means that we must hold this world lightly. We must not get too comfortable. And Paul said we're to be like ambassadors. We don't belong to the country we're living in, but we just represent another kingdom here. Or you might like the picture of a pilot plant, that God's visible church is like a bit of heaven placed on earth. At some point, they will take um, people to Mars and put people to live on Mars for a while. Now, those people will not be Martians. They will be human beings living on Mars. And that's a little bit... Um, one of the pictures that the Bible says about us, that we are God's people living in an alien world. So lots of different pictures of um, what it's like to be a Christian in this world in 2021, but not to belong here. It's an in-between place. And it's uncomfortable. And I think we ought to recognise that it feels uncomfortable to be in this world and to want to belong to this world, but not 
because we're different. There is a, an old um, hymn, I think it's a, a sort of old spiritual, and it goes like this. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Roddy's very good at resurrecting old hymns. Perhaps you could try that one, Roddy, sometime. <laughs> Give it a new tune. So, what are the consequences of being part of this world but not belonging to it? And I've got um, three um, or so here and then a couple of questions at the end. Now, one of the things that Jesus says in this passage is that his followers will be identified with him. He says that when they look at you, they will see me. And that will provoke a reaction. There's a, a wonderful story, uh, of, um, I think a true story, uh, about Pope Francis. And... Um, uh, there were a group of um, Catholic bishops and they were given the job of choosing other bishops for the church. And um, they had this new pope, Pope Francis, and he said, I will come and see you. Before you have a selection conference, I will come and see you. So the pope came to see them and they waited for him to produce a sort of dossier of um, what what sort of people they should choose to be bishops in the Catholic Church. And they thought he would lay out, you know, a job spec, you know, a person spec or something. And um, right at the end of this conversation, he was about to go and they said, but you haven't told us, Holy Father, who are we to choose as um, bishops? We've got all these candidates waiting outside. And he said, oh, that's simple, he said. They are to be shepherds they should smell of the sheep. Okay, so I don't know, uh, I presume he meant by that, that that they needed to show that they had been in touch with their flock and um, they needed to smell of the sheep. Now, I'm going to use that analogy to say that we ought to smell of Jesus because we should have been so close to Jesus that to the outside world, we should smell of him. And I think we do. We probably don't realize this, actually. We probably don't realize that where we go, we take the smell of Jesus with us. But people react to that. Even if we're not talking about religion or Jesus or church or anything, People react to the smell of Jesus. And, Je and Jesus says that they will react in two ways. And one way will be hatred, ostracism, persecution. That, if you like, is the opposition. But the other side is the opportunity. Because the Bible also says this. God uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. 
Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. This fragrance is perceived, perceived differently by those who are being saved and those who are not. To one, it is the dreadful smell of death and doom, the stink. But to those who are being saved, it is a life-giving perfume. So that's my first thing today. Brothers and sisters, let's smell of Jesus wherever we go. The second thing is about light. Uh, in John's Gospel, he often uses the, um, the image of light. If we belong to Jesus, we automatically bring his light into whatever room we go in. We may not realise we are doing it, but we are. And again, like the smell, that can be good or bad. I wonder if you've had this experience of um, after the winter, um, when the days get lighter in the spring, you open the curtains, um, you open the windows, and you see the cobwebs everywhere. And you see those nasty grubby bits in the corners of your room. And because you have let the light in, you see the dirt and the grime and the darkness. When my mum had her uh, cataract operation, her second cataract operation, um, she suddenly went round and scrubbed everything in the house because she could now see clearly and she could see the dirt. And that is what it's like when you bring Jesus' light into the room. Jesus' holy presence and even the weaker light that we show of Jesus shows up the filth and the sin and the darkness in the world. And it can give people no excuses to hide behind. And often they will hate us because of that. And what they will hate is the holiness of Jesus, which they see perhaps faintly reflected in us. But the other side of that, the opportunity, is that revealing the dirt also enables cleansing and forgiveness. Because you can't clean the dirt unless you can see it. So that's another opportunity. And thirdly, there's something in this passage about truth. In uh, verse 26, Jesus promises us the spirit of truth to help us testify to the truth. He promised that to the disciples. It's still available to us now. And I think just going back to that picture of us as ambassadors for Christ in a foreign land, one of the things we are called to do, if you're an ambassador, is to uphold the values of your home kingdom, as it were the values of your homeland in a foreign land. I once met a very remarkable man who was the British ambassador to China in the late 1980s. And during the time that he was there, the Tiananmen Square massacre took place. Is it an anniversary? I've, I seem to have seen that picture this week of the student standing in front of the tank. Now, the British ambassador's job 
in that circumstance was to express the British government's outrage to the Chinese authorities and to try and show them that there might be a better way to deal with protest. He also apparently sheltered a lot of people in his embassy. As an ambassador, we are called to be salt in this world as well as light. The first disciples were going to be set out to testify to the truth, to tell people about Jesus, the way, the truth, the life, in a world that was totally different from the world of Galilee, where the accepted norms that they grew up in just would not apply, where people spoke and thought in a different language, where many people chose their gods according to what suited them. And that is really the circumstance that we are in nowadays. We are being sent out into that sort of environment and we need the spirit of truth as well. Okay, those were my three points from the passage. I've just got a couple of questions to leave you with. When I was um, thinking about this sermon, God seemed to say to me, stay with the discomfort. Stay with the discomfort of this passage. And, and I was thinking about us as a church. We don't necessarily um, face the sort of persecution that Christians in other countries face. So what does this mean for us? Well, two areas of tension that I'd just like to raise. The first is about belonging. I have chosen you out of the world, says Jesus. You belong to me now. And I wonder what that means for us today. What does it mean to belong? Belong to Jesus and belong to his church. We've been thinking a little bit about this as we've been thinking about gift day in the last few weeks. And we've been thinking, is one of the signs of belonging that you are giving of your time, of your money, of your talents? Is that one of the signs of belonging? I wonder what you would think of as a sign of belonging to God's church. What is the mark of that? And can I just say about the gift day thing that um, one of the things that we are finding, I think, um, as people are generously giving, is that we still have a small percentage of people who, who are giving on a regular basis. And if that's the case, is it because they don't feel they belong in some sense? And has our belonging perhaps withered slightly as we haven't been able to meet together in the same way? And that's why it's so wonderful that we've got various things coming up like our Together Again weekend and so on, which will help us to recognise that we belong again, belong to each other as well as belong to Jesus. And the second thing I want to say is about blending. Because if I think about our world that we live in, the temptation is to blend in. 
and I know that that is what I want to do. I want to be a Christian, but I also want to blend in because I like to be liked. And I like to be, you know, uh, get on with everybody. And quite frankly, I don't want to be seen as weird. I don't actually want to be seen as weird. I remember um, uh, a cartoon film of The Ugly Duckling um, years ago that I saw. And um, The Ugly Duckling, who, if you don't know the story, is really a swan, um, but tries so hard to be a duck. And um, in this particular cartoon, um, you know, it w he was picking up duck's feathers and um, putting them on his back and trying so hard to be a duck because he didn't realize he was a swan. And I feel sometimes that that is what I'm like. I'm trying to be like this world. So in what sense should we try and blend as a church? Um, we don't want to look too weird. We don't want to put people off Jesus. Um, Paul says, I am all things to all men. That's one side of it. But where does this fit in? This is Jesus. You are the light of the world. A, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So we are to be light in the world as well. So where does that fit in with blending in? So those are my questions, and I'm not giving you answers, so you might like to talk about those afterwards. We will talk about them in life groups this week. So I just want to finish by saying, stay with your areas of discomfort on this. If you're not feeling brave, as I'm not feeling brave, about um, being different and daring to be different, acknowledge that to God. God often grows us through those uncomfortable feelings. Let's pray. Jesus promised to us, if you will make your home in me, then I will make my home in you. Lord, we want to acknowledge that we do belong to you, but sometimes we are afraid to smell like you and be like you. We are, want to ask that you would change us, that you would give us boldness, that you would enable us to stand for you in the world and be that light that draws people to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Shall we pray? I have a response today. So when I say um, God of love, I'd like you to respond with hear our prayer. Uh, and also I'm going to be using some excerpts from the book of Psalms. And we're going to pray those as part of our intercession today. Let us thank God for his goodness. From the rising of the sun to its setting, let us praise the Lord. O come, let us sing to the Lord, give a joyous shout in honour of the rock of our salvation. Come before him with thankful hearts. Let us sing him psalms of praise. For the Lord is great. He's the great king of all gods. He controls the formation of the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains, all are his. He made the sea and formed the land, they too are his. Come, kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God. We are his sheep and he is our shepherd. Oh, that you would hear him calling you today and come to him come home. God of love, hear our prayer. God of all truth, help us to keep your commandment to love. Help us to walk in the ways of wisdom, to establish